0: Love, talk Radio Good evening, ladies and gentlemen.
1: <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment.
0: Look at my butt! Now look at my front butt! Open the circuit to the wave motion gun. Open the circuit. Let pressure increases All the ship's energy is now in the wave motion gun. I doubt
2: anyone here would recognize civic virtue if it reached up and bit you in the ass. Oh, did I hurt your feelings.
1: The Magneto's right. There's a war coming. You sure you're on the right side?
0: from when I turn in my articles.
2: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> but this is a special thing to the low-life motherfucking piece of shit who stole William Haffey, the head of Central Cinema's, autographed picture that was personally signed for him by Gunnar Hansen before he died from the theater during a showing uh, last week. I hope your genitals slowly rot off, and when karma comes back to bite you in the ass, I hope it is in some way that we will know that it is you that is a low life fucking thief, and may you be may you be punished for what you did.
1: Wow, I didn't even literal. hear about he that. He had it
0: hanging in, the, in his theater, and some scumbag stole his autographed gun or handsome picture off the wall and just walked out of the theater with it. It was a sold-out house, so he really couldn't tell who did it.
2: Oh, man, that's terrible. People are the worst.
0: And for your shopping list this week, because the new issue of Wings Chop just came out, and how many pages is this issue?
2: uh 216 pages.
0: So 216 pages. So if you know somebody in prison, order them four <laughs> issues of it. Cuz not only can they use it as bodily armor for protection, it's great reading. And also with 400 pages, they can use it to lift weights now that we don't have phone books for them anymore. <laughs> Wings chop! It's not just for raining anymore, people.
2: <laughs> also, I hear it stays crispy in milk.
0: Yeah, and about <laughs> time that you finally got it done. Good Lord, have mercy!
2: No kidding. It took forever, but and of course now that now that that one's done, I have a death wish, so I'm trying to get the winter special out by the last yeah, week of that's December. The so. Yeah, but baby issues. Yeah, it still takes a lot of work.
0: <laughs> oh, it's and still going to be probably 200 else, pages. You're going to try to make wings all, as we generally call them, baby issues from now on. What's that? You're going to try to make them smaller from now on.
2: Well, I'm what I've decided to do is try to... Uh, the, the, the magazines are going to stay the same dimensions, but I'm going to try and cut off every issue around around 200 pages to both uh, keep the price down and make it easier to get more issues out per year because the uh, yeah. past couple of years we've only been putting out two issues a year, and I would like to do three or four.
0: And all of those tight-ass mothers who say they won't, Put wings on their thing And their Magazine racks Because it's too big for their slots Well because (laughs) you're so Wussy we're going to make it Smaller so it'll fit more comfortably In your slot
2: (laughs) Double entendre intended
0: Hey that's the way they said it I didn't My jaw (laughs) dropped The first time I heard that at a convention
2: Yeah Literally. And it's not going to be that much smaller because uh, (laughs) 200 pages is still pretty thick. Yeah. It's it's still going to be the size of two Fangorias.
0: And before Jeff gets here, Tony got this on October the 6th, the movie.
2: Yeah, the 5th, I think. But, yeah, right around there
0: and the boy went psycho about 4 hours later
2: <laughs> it's true yeah it it uh jeff reached out to me as as soon as he had uh basically transferred down had final picture and sound lock um he reached out to me because i've known him for a few years and uh he uh he knows i'm a big fan of his movies so um he Contacted me immediately and said, would you be interested in seeing the movie? To which I calmly replied, fuck yes. And uh, then I immediately went home and watched it, and I loved it. It was totally different from his previous movie, but that's that's what we love. We love variation. So. Uh, and
0: it don't look 16 millimeter.
2: No, doesn't it look gorgeous? Eric Stanza did a really gorgeous. nice job with that cinematography.
0: But, yeah, but real film will always look more colorful than digital, and it's not digital's fault. It just ain't had the 300 years of experience film has.
2: (laughs) Right. Digital is still a relatively toddler technology right now, so...
0: Yeah, I'm not a Quentin Tarantino. I'm not one of those that's like, if I can't see it on 35 millimeter, I don't want to see it. I want to be able to watch it.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, it just uh, – Eric Stanza was the uh, – or Stanza, I think is actually how it's pronounced – Um was the cinematographer, and he's a he's quite a filmmaker in his own right. I've been a fan of his since I saw his movie what Ratline. I,
0: what has he done? I know the name, but I don't know the work.
2: He did. Uh, oh, he's done quite a few. Um, he did Ratline was the first film I saw of his, and that was uh, turned on. Uh, the person that turned me on to it was Chad Clinton Freeman, the guy that did Polygrind Festival, and uh, he. Uh, also did this movie called In Memory of that is a real mind fuck. I highly recommend that to uh people. And he did another one called Deadwood Park. Yeah. And and then I think in the late nineties something the sun now I gotta look. Uh Ice from the Sun. That's that's the one. Oh I haven't God. seen that
0: one You just said yep. that one.
2: <laughs>
0: I actually like, haven't seen that oh, one no, 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 Ice from the Sun, oh shit
2: <laughs> So you've seen that one?
0: Yeah, of course Anyone who no, I've never
2: seen Ice from movie. the Sun
0: There's two films from the DVD-00s That most trippy film fans haven't seen But they need to see One is Ice from the Sun, most definitely And the other is the Very Hard to See 16 Tones by Scooter McCray?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've read a lot about 16 Tones, but I haven't seen it yet.
0: I got to see it during the three seconds that it was out.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I've read a lot about it. It's one of those that's hard to get a hold of, but apparently it's worth finding. Um, Hang on just one sec uh,
0: I'll
2: be right back Steve sorry
0: Talked about uh, oversensory
2: Sensory overload?
0: Yeah like in Videodrome But the whole world is like that And the people are encouraged to watch porn so everything is over sensory and porn related like there's an ice machine in the movie just like a girl with her legs spread and the ice comes from the middle
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow <laughs> well, you uh you're
2: going to, you're to you're gonna have to you're going to have to excuse me for a minute steve yeah steve i got to i got to put you on hold for just a minute i'll be right back i'm sorry
0: okay Well, we're still waiting on the guest. This happens sometimes. I'm used to it by now. Doesn't mean I like it, but I'm used to it. da 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 da
2: Sorry about that Steve I oh, hope I hope you're editing it. this And we didn't just have a bunch of dead air No did we? we're live This is
0: what you get oh. when you get live radio hey.
2: <laughs> Well you should have like done a little song or something While I had to run away I'm I'm still at my office So I'm technically Oh uh, don't worry
0: about it
2: I'm technically uh, calling you from work But
0: uh, yeah, this, is this is the only way I could join you This year has been amazing when it comes to the end of the year and picking out what's gonna be the best horror film of this year, that's gonna be a bitch and a half.
2: Yeah, that's that's gonna be a pretty tough one. Although I've I've got to kind of narrow it kinda narrowed down like from now, what little I've seen. But I'm I'm one of those guys that doesn't watch a lot of new films, like probably less than a quarter of the movies I watch each year are from that year. Because I'm constantly running well, around me, hunting hunting like, down all uh, these treasures.
0: It's like I watch all this stuff, and then in October I get the shakes, the veins go out in my arm, and then I crawl on my hands and knees and go, William, give me my fix.
2: <laughs> <laughs> William or Gwilliam?
0: William. William, my half <laughs> ached.
2: The head oh. over there,
0: and this year, from what I've seen, I've seen Lucky McKee's new one, which has an amazing performance from the bad girl. Daniel isn't real. That one you're gonna like. That one's good.
2: Daniel isn't real. Yeah. That's you know that's, the one that Ryan like has third... up in
0: the picture now.
2: Yeah, you're like the third person that's told me I need to see that. And what's uh what's Lucky McKee's new one called? Is it Kindred Spirits? Yeah. Uh you got to see that? Yeah. Nice.
0: Bill Desarian was like she's one of the programmers there, she's like, We gotta get it. I love Lucky stuff.
2: Yeah, me too. I really do. I haven't seen the one uh the one he did before that with John Cusack. I think it was, what was it, Blood Money? I haven't
0: seen that one.
2: Yeah, Blood Money. Last one I seen
0: for this one was The Woman.
2: Ah, so you didn't see All Cheerleaders Die?
0: That movie exists?
2: Yes, it exists, and it's fun. Yeah, you you definitely should hunt down All Cheerleaders Die. It's pretty easy to get nowadays. I've
0: seen it, and I'm like... Lucky McKee didn't make this movie, Lucky McKee didn't make this <laughs> movie.
2: <laughs> oh man, I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun.
0: Yeah. And another one you need to see is Tone Deaf.
2: Oh, I definitely need to see Tone Deaf. That's that's high yeah, on my list. You know how movies. people are
0: real shocked about how mean it's getting between the boomers and uh uh Millennials? Yeah. Oh, he well, does a movie about it, and it's mean as hell.
2: It's yeah, got the well, guy you... playing the
0: T 1000 playing a baby boomer versus... Robert
2: Patrick, yeah. Yeah,
0: Robert Patrick versus a millennial in a battle to the death.
2: <laughs> yeah, and it's a Richard Bates Jr. movie, so it's yeah, automatically a must-see.
0: Yeah. He's Tell us a year, let me check Facebook. But, yeah, you'll like that. I mean, it's his. he will never be mainstream because his films are just too mean for most people.
2: (laughs) They're pretty harsh. I mean, right out of the gate with Excision, he's just really going for the jugular. Yeah.
0: It's like uh, when I recommend Trash Fire, the most people are like, "Oh, you gotta see Trash Fire," but watch <laughs> out—it bites.
2: Yeah, like, it sure does. What the hell
0: are you talking about? And then they watch it, and they come hell, back even, to me and look,
2: you know, just he, yeah. Even his, <laughs> uh, even his romantic comedy, Suburban Gothic, has some bite to it.
0: That's because of I mean, Ray cause... Wise. <laughs> oh
2: <Whoa>, God, yeah. <laughs> Ray Wise really really chews up the scenery in that one to all yeah. in all the best ways. And so, for all I you hope... people
0: he's not here yet, but for all you people who might be iffy about giving Southern Gothic a chance There's something the reviews really haven't really talked about. The guy that wrote, who's, I forget his name now. What is the guy's name who wrote the original story?
2: Uh, Of Tennessee Gothic?
0: Yeah, Tennessee Gothic. Ray
2: Russell. Ray Ray Russell Russell. is his name.
0: You might not know his name, but you will know his movies. A little film from the 60s called Mr. Sardonicus. Hell, yeah. The premature, premature burial.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: X the man with X-ray eyes.
2: And the incubus? incubus? Yeah. The I
0: have um, one with John Cassavetes and the monster with the the 13-inch penis.
2: yeah. Now, he did one in 1962 called Zotz that I never saw, but I'd like to see it. Jim Backus is in it. Have you seen that one? Yeah. Yeah,
0: look for the second William Castle set that you can get pretty cheap because it's got 13 ghosts without the ghost viewer. Zotz is in it. Okay. It has uh, Mr. Sedonicus, Zotz. Thirteen Ghosts, The Horror of It All, in the Old Dark House.
2: Oh, it's got The Horror of It All in there too. Yeah. That's that's a Terrence Fisher film. Yeah. Nice.
0: He produced
2: yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Remember he did. Remember he did two with Hammer. The Horror of It All in the Old Dark House.
2: Ah, that's right. Yeah. Forgot he graduated to the at least not quite slum leagues for a little while. <laughs> you know, but
0: all of those are good. well, the Premature Burial is my least favorite AIP film. And that's because Ray Milan was not, was horribly cast in it.
2: Oh, uh, Yeah. That uh, wasn't Ray Milan's finest moment, but, I mean, it wasn't a terrible film. It was okay. Then
0: he came back with X, the man with X-ray eyes. Damn.
2: Yeah. If you're a horror fan, really you're enjoyed. a
0: sci-fi fan, and, God, I wish they would have kept that last 30 seconds in. You're a Lovecraft fan. Then you will love X, the man with X-ray eyes.
2: Absolutely.
0: But we're going to go on without him because hopefully he shows up. But if not, we're going to. Tennessee Gothic, which I like the name better than the original title of the story, American Gothic, because, damn it, it's Tennessee.
2: That's right.
0: (laughs) It's about two dumb yokels who find a woman by the side of the road and trouble happens.
2: whole lots of trouble and a whole and lot funny, of sex. it's funny,
0: it's <laughs> sexy, it's gory as hell, too.
2: It really is. Yeah, it's got a really nice trajectory because it starts out with a very intense scene of this woman being attacked. And then she's found by the side of the road by who turns out to be our two main characters named... Oh, the guy was pa- Caleb and I don't think we learned the name of his dad other than just Pa.
0: Yeah, he um, everyone calls him Pa. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> and uh they they live alone on a farm following the uh the death of of the mother and yeah. they they decide to take her in and you know, as long as she like helps around and earns her keep and she agrees to it. And she's, she doesn't want them to call the cops or the orphanage, even though she seems a little old for an orphanage. Um, but uh, so she she really wants to stay on their farm, and they let her. And, uh, well, they both develop an attraction to her, which she doesn't Dead seem really Samantha. opposed to.
0: It starts out as a Bethel Buckaloo film or an early Russ Meyer film. <laughs>
2: It does kind of.
0: And then it gets dark. <laughs> Ooh,
2: it does. But it never sto- it never really loses its sense of humor, even when it's at its darkest moments. And I really like that about it. And that's you know, kind of, of the uh, way he
0: uses language. I love that.
2: Mm hmm. And, and man. Chickens, they <laughs> died.
0: He said, and, what happened? You told Busy that little in the new harm girl that you forgot to feed them and they cannibalized themselves.
2: <laughs> cannabisized, Yep. <laughs> um, and uh, the the local reverend gets involved, played by an actor named Wynn Reichert, and man, that guy is funny. He really, yeah, was, he really did a nice job filling in the cab. Even,
0: even the girl.
2: Yeah. Oh, and- Jackie Speaking Kelly of funny,
0: here's my favorite review of the movie by someone who doesn't get it. I'm going to read the beautiful part. This is from Rue Morgue, so you know it's going to be a woke review. <laughs> and I will give this guy credit because, guy or girl, I don't know, because it's Dakota Doll. Because when writing is this dumb, you got to give them credit for it. I was expecting a low-budget mash of the Kentucky Fried Movie and Romeo and Juliet. What I got was a half an hour and a half long rape joke with a three-minute supernatural subplot. Oh, <laughs> movie ain't even that damn long. It's eighty-two minutes. <laughs>
2: I'm pretty sure, I, if I remember correctly, that, that author is a male, by the way, that reviewer.
0: Uh, um,
2: but yeah, that was a pretty funny review. He was not, not pleased with the movie's sense of humor, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, he's woke.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, he begins to stay at their house, but suddenly a sexual triangle between them and a local priest breaks out, and that makes it a square instead. And she gets hunted by original tackle and everyone to has sex with begins to die. Pretty basic stuff. What the hell is he talking about?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the other thing is it seemed like he didn't quite get it. The
0: ray Ru- by the Ray Russell wasn't so overtly offensive while also painfully uninteresting. <laughs> he hasn't read much of Ray Russell's short stories for Playboy, has he?
2: It doesn't seem that way, no. But you know, if if you're too woke, you should probably stay away from uh, short stories published in Playboy.
0: Yeah. Oh, and here's the best line of the whole review: Yes, the film simultaneously reduces to a woman and a to a reduces a woman to a slave wife and a farm animal in one go.
2: Yeah.
0: This is the kind of review That you, Brian Well, not Tim Tim, Tim's so mellow Nothing bothers him But you and Brian would take the person Over to the side (laughs) And gently With all the love in your heart Say, what the fuck Were you thinking (laughs)
2: Yeah, it it's weird how that review, you know, like when when that review got published, uh Jeff Wedding shared it and you know, he had yeah, a very he was valid point. His
0: ass off.
2: Yeah, and he's like even though this person didn't look like it, anything written on the film was a valid opinion and if he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it. It's but what I thought what when I read it, one it both oversimplified and over and really added a level of complexity that frequently wasn't there Um, but I couldn't help thinking like like you're pointing out here that half the things that he claims are a negative about this movie could be irreverently used to promote it
0: yeah or as I quoted before in the other one like I said my favorite line from Dolomite is my name Rudy they say this movie is disgusting and depraved and even a blind dog wouldn't want to see it. That's the review I want. <laughs> <Yep>. Why? <laughs> Those people want to come out and see how dirty and disgusting and depraved it was.
2: Exactly. It's just gonna raise people's interest.
0: Do you think people stayed away because of Siskel and Ebert's review of Ice spent on your grave? Or did they run to their local the <laughs>
2: exactly, <laughs> people rushed out to see it, and you know that's that's kind of the backlash of when you when you push so hard to get people to not see it, all you're doing it is turning it into forbidden fruit,
0: yeah oh,
2: yeah what was that? I mean,
0: seriously that's it. The more you tell people not, well, not nowadays, back then in our day, the more you told us you don't want to see this movie, it'd make us want to see it.
2: Absolutely.
0: Nowadays, it's like, oh, this movie is bad. Oh, we don't want to see that.
2: You know, half the time nowadays, Steve, the way I get movie recommendations is... If I read online three or four people claiming a movie sucks because it's boring and slow-moving, chances are I'm going to love that movie. So half my recommendations now come from people trying to get me to not see movies. (laughs)
0: Yeah, it's like uh, Joe Bob Review said in his review of The Hitcher. He said once a year a movie comes out that Siskel and Ebert the most disgusting and depraved trash in the world, and no one should see it. That immediately goes to the top of my viewing list.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I
0: mean, um, Tennessee Gothic is old-fashioned drive-in sleaze. And if you're not attuned to that, then why the hell are you watching a movie that if you watch the trailer that says this movie is 90% of fucking... (laughs)
2: Well you should know right away If you're the audience for that film
0: Yeah same with Mandy too I think a lot of people are like Oh Mandy was just too weird Didn't you watch the trailer?
2: Right (laughs) Yeah it's not not that hard to figure out How weird it's going to be Just from that two minute trailer
0: Yeah I mean I think if people just saw Nicolas Cage
2: and went for it.
0: Yeah. Well, The Lighthouse, too.
2: I still haven't seen that, sadly.
0: Me neither. I need to see that one.
2: I'm dying to see it. I love Robert Eggers' first movie, of course. Another one that people said was boring and shouldn't be watched. (laughs) Oh, is it? Nice. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'll get to see it before then, but at least I know I'll see it by February.
0: Well, I heard William. Well, Carl went to see it, and he said William Dafoe just tears it up in the movie.
2: Nice. Yeah, I, I'm so behind on new releases because I never go to the theater except for film festivals.
0: Yeah, well, well, me too. <laughs> if i if it ain't shown at the Knoxville Film Festival, there's a good 90% chance, unless it's a real standout, I'm not going to see it in the theater.
2: Yeah, same here. I just saw for the first time last weekend Midsummer. Took me that long to finally see it. But I saw it and I loved it.
0: I don't like the guy the director's pacing. He's too slow.
2: Oh, see I I watched the director's cut and I was I was riveted. But yeah, yeah it's a very slowly paced movie.
0: And I've seen some people complain, say, Oh, this is just a rip off of the wicker man. I'm like, I love the Wicker Man. I do a Wicker Man show every year.
2: Why are you getting
0: so lazy with your
2: notices?
0: (laughs) Saying Midsummer is a ripoff of the Wicker Man is like saying that every other slasher is a ripoff of Halloween and Friday the 13th.
2: Yeah, pretty much. It's just oversimplification.
0: That's the way most I, horror fans work today.
2: Yeah. And then they complain uh, about nothing about nothing new coming out and then as soon as something new comes out they complain that it's too different.
0: Like <laughs> uh, the new Fantasy Island trailer. They took Fantasy Island and made it into a horror film. They took Fantasy Island and made it into a horror film. And I'm like, did you ever see the pilot films of Fantasy Island?
2: Oh, there were a lot of horror episodes of that show.
0: Well, in the first two pilot episodes before they made it a series, Mr. Uh Rourke was the fucking devil. Literally. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And then they kind of brought that back around toward the in the later seasons.
0: Yeah, they, they brought him it back this, to uh... the devil and the angel. Yeah. Well, I guess good old uh, Jeff doesn't want to show up. <laughs> that is not true.
2: Expect expect your phone to ring in just a sec. He just contacted me. I think he had the time wrong. So he just he just. Contacted me on uh, on Facebook So you should probably hear from him any minute now Okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: I should realize we run on Tennessee time We say we we're going to be there at 5 You better expect us around 8 <laughs>
2: Yeah Well uh, I think he thought It was at 8 uh, But Maybe he's in Central time right now
0: I don't know It's 8.30 here
2: yeah, it's 8:30 where you're at, but isn't uh, isn't Tennessee a split time zone? I don't know. I think I think part of the state is in Central and part of it's in Eastern.
0: Well, I'm, I'm sure on here now. Told, uh,
2: there he is. Yeah,
0: Je- yes, this from the hey. part of Tennessee where they can't read clocks. <laughs> it's a sl- it's a bad habit, but it happens sometimes.
1: Look, I gotta be clear. And I just checked before I called in. I said 8 p.m. Central time, and the response I got was yes.
2: So mm-hmm. right
1: now it's, it's 7.34 Central time.
2: Got to get them so, time zones straight. So I'm just, I'm like just letting you know. You know what? Since since Steve told you yes, 8 8 p.m. Central time, I'm just going to go ahead and say that was all my fault.
0: There. Okay. No, I'm
1: sorry <laughs> But yeah
0: we, you... we read the Rue Morgue review That was Why would someone As woke as him want to watch A movie with the trailer That you put out
1: Look I I don't That guy I don't know what happened but it seems like Overnight a lot of people turned into pussies. <laughs> and yeah. that guy must he must be one of them. So
0: Well I it don't isn't even pussy, like... it's just that there's this little three minute thing on YouTube that is full of nothing but blood, boobs and sex. If you're going yeah, to review a movie I, you might want to check those little things out to make sure this is something that's not <laughs> going to be
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well you know, I don't like I actually enjoy getting stumped pretty good, like, on a review. But that something like that is uh it was it was the thing that was the most upsetting, I think, was just the the quality of writing coming from Rue Morgue. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're not.
0: We're not. You're not upset about that?
1: <laughs>
0: no, we're used <laughs> You're to it. Not... Well, I don't know about Tony, but I'm used to that kind of quality of writing in there. Oh.
2: I... I... I don't know. I see. I see some really good writers in Rue Morgue. Sometimes I. I think it's hit and miss. It just depends on who you're getting. But you know, like, turning it into uh, lemonade. You got some. You got some great pull quotes, Jeff. Yeah. To, to advertise with. <laughs> oh. Like, uh, yeah. Morgue, it
0: uh, they did a, a review of the soundtrack of the Devil's Rejects. And they give it a thumbs down because a movie that was set in the 70s used 70s rock tunes. Oh
1: my god. (laughs) You know, and it's not even, look, I I want people to come strong with facts. Like, there was one reviewer that we, I I don't, Tony, I may have mentioned it to you along the line, but I had like A lot of trouble with the dialogue track It was recorded super low Like we were having all kinds of recorder issues So Mm. it took me Months and months and months To get it just to sound um, Acceptable And uh, You know a reviewer mentioned that There were a couple of times where he noticed That and I was like you know what That's such a fair like jab Right You know there's an issue with that Thank, well, you know, and if someone's like, look, this part of the story fucking sucks, I mean, I dig all that stuff. But when you say that I made a 90-minute rape joke, like there's really – and then you, you say you, you thought you were going in to watch something like Kentucky Fried Movie or Tromio and Juliet. It's like yeah. those two films are, have far more – Kentucky Fried Movie has probably the most racist scene – Of any movie of all time,
2: (laughs) yeah.
1: You know, and yeah, and so it's like again, I don't get, I don't care, but I was overwhelmed by how many, uh, people like, um, were upset about that. Like, for from the whole like, did he even watch the movie? Has he ever even seen? anything remotely controversial. I don't... Again, I don't well, like I taking he, personal Yeah, personal and I but that,
2: that guy's a fucking yeah. idiot. Yeah. And I want to <laughs> ask I think, you this way, I think if you walk it. into a movie, real quick, I just wanted to say, I think his, his he gives himself away in the thesis here. You know, I first off, I don't want to bash your morgue because everybody... Everybody that I've ever met from Rue Morgue was really cool. Some of them were really good writer. But this particular writer went in expecting it to be like a cross between two other movies that he had clearly decided this is the formula I've figured out in my head, and this is what I'm expecting. And you shouldn't even go into a movie thinking that. You should go into a movie expecting it to be its own thing and he faulted the film for not being what he was expecting to be so right off the bat you know i just i just felt that he was not only doing his audience a disservice but himself a disservice as as an audience member
1: no no doubt i the you know one of the more upsetting things to me was uh he misspelled ray russell's name twice two different ways <laughs>
0: That ain't like, my favorite at least, mistake you did. I wanna ask and I was you like, a at, least, question.
1: at least, at least at least get this at least get this genius right. Yeah. You know.
0: Oh, and I wanna ask you a question. No, you're more a genius than Ray Russell. Cause how can you make a ninety one minute rape joke when the movie is eighty two minutes?
1: Well, it's eighty-eight minutes, but I still get your yeah, point. Yeah, still. <laughs> Where the hell
0: did you squeeze those other three minutes in?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Like, and again, I I got to be clear. Like, I have always liked room work stuff. Um, I I thought they done they they've really done good work, but the surprising it was surprising that they did anything at all, because you know, we sent our press release out to a lot of people that, um, you know, would be considered less popular than Rue Morgue that hasn't done anything. So, you know, and it was funny because I just got back from Italy and I was at the airport. I had been up for, like, 26 hours straight, and um, my wife finally, like, had fallen asleep in the airport, and I'm, like, Jabbing her in the eye, like waking her up, and I'm like, "You've got to hear what this guy said." He <laughs> says I'm a misogynist.
2: This is so fucking awesome.
1: <laughs>
2: Can't buy press like that.
1: <laughs> no man.
2: So, you know.
1: Anyway, my, I, I like getting blasted, <clears throat> but I, I like I want I want someone to come like strong. I want them to come strong with the quill and strong with the with the opinion not some you know like i think he said something like it takes a special kind of hate towards women to make and i don't think he he got the point that her her sex is the weapon okay right. that's her weapon of the that's her weapon i don't know if he understands like the nature of the succubus or um yeah. But anyway, I that's yeah. that's my those are my thoughts on the rumor thing. And
0: God yeah. um, yeah. is my sure witness, it's... I hope this poor guy don't watch a Neil Labute movie.
2: <laughs>
0: his head will explode, like in Scanners.
2: Is he... Yeah.
1: <laughs> is Neil Labute still making movies? I think so. No,
0: I think he I think he did a pretty good. Oh, he's doing on his career after the Wicker Man.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, he's well, that's, actually that's doing a lot of thinking. stage productions now though. Um that's kind of weird last I heard he was Yeah, I think he had gone back to stage uh for at least for a while. But um let's see. It says he put out a movie in 2018 called Oh Squints 3. I don't know what that is.
1: No. <laughs> don't remember that.
2: No, he's doing a lot of TV work, it looks like, too. He's directing uh, Billy and Billy episodes. He directed five episodes of Hell on Wheels. So he's still around. But Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's great. But, yeah, I mean, you I know. mean,
0: nowadays, if you really look at the small and no-budget guys like you, uh, the guy who did Tone Death, Ricky Bates. I love that
1: guy. Uh, I guy love that guy. Yeah, the
0: guy who did Doug Face film. me too. Film, those no, the no budget guys nowadays are going into dangerous territory because you can. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. I was so, going to ask you, you, know, you Jeff. Uh, yeah. Did you did did you get any scathing reviews as hard as this one uh, for A Measure of the Sin? Because that was a no. pretty uncomfortable movie too, but. I don't, I don't ever remember anybody blasting you that hard for it. No, we didn't get anything. um, Like I've never,
1: I've never had anything like this ever. I mean, (laughs) my first, the very first film I made blind Mm -hmm. was slammed like really super hard, but it was all like the acting sucks. This is, you know, it was that kind of stuff And, and all those. And I couldn't, and again, when I was reading those things, I was like, they've got good points. I was you know whatever twenty two or whatever. It was the first thing I'd ever done, and I didn't know what you know, and everything people were saying was true. you know it was like these things are weak about that movie. I'm still very proud of that movie.
2: Um, yeah it's still a fun movie i mean it's
1: yeah it's, so, it's but, clearly
2: it's clearly like the the work of somebody putting themselves through film school with some passion.
1: Right. Yeah. So you know, those all of those comments had a, a you know a large degree of validity. A measure of the sin, we it was everything was pretty favorable. I mean, I think there there were a lot of people that said it was slow. Which again, I knew that. I mean, I knew going into it, it was going to be like a seventy-minute movie that felt like it was three hours long. But it was kind yeah. of like that was the that was the. Uh, the idea behind that, and I was just so in love with Christie's prose poems that that was based on that I I didn't really care, and I even told everyone. I told the cast, I told um, Christie Nielsen, who wrote the original prose that I just mentioned. I told everyone, look, I don't know how this is going to be accepted. It's an I mean that was the epitome of an art house film, and you're going to get kicked back. Um, and then it started getting tagged as like art house horror and that, that sort of caught on and a lot of people in that small niche embraced it. But no, I've never you know and again, all, all kidding aside with the Rue Morgue thing, I mean it's just that that whole thing is a product of this woke society and someone's being totally misinformed by what that movie is. I don't even consider it a bad review necessarily. It's just a mis a, a misguided sort of, uh, yeah. you
2: know. So I think I don't know. I think somebody with that yeah. viewpoint is going to be prepared to be offended by all kinds of subject yeah. matter whenever they encounter it in any situation.
0: Yeah. I'm not I mean, naming any names, but Brian and Tony have shown me some rejected reviews for Wings before. <laughs> After I was saying my writing is sloppy that guy in Ruge at least knew has just i have seen some scary scary things
1: <laughs> look and again i have to i i have to be- cl- and i don't i don't just insult uh potential enemies and i have to i have to say before I got on this call, I noticed that the the podcast uh, this thing we're doing right now, the word Tennessee was misspelled. So, I just <laughs> yeah. I have, to, I have to I have to point these things out wherever they come because I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't. So
2: yeah, that's um, one of Steve's Ramers trademarks is pushing. is misspelling things. That's and, and that's a, that's, a, that's okay. I'm just saying,
1: <laughs> I I don't like. I'm not going to uh, pull punches when it comes to like. People that have responded, you know, favorably to the film.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. When I first started for Wings, I warned him, "I have bad grammar. I cannot smell, but I know what I'm doing. I have horrible yeah. grammar. Are you sure you want me to write for you?"
1: <laughs> you know, and and here here's the thing about that too. There, there. If you have a good grasp of your tone of your voice, you don't need to be a particularly good speller. You don't need to be particularly good at grammar. You need to be able to put something together. And some, yeah. a publica- uh, an online publication as big as Rue Morgue, you would think would at least have copy editors that would come behind them and clean that stuff up and make it flow and, make, and fact check. And, you know, I think at one point he said uh, one of her original attackers comes back looking for which is not. I mean, those two motherfuckers like get killed right away. Like the uh, guy that's coming later is the brother of one of the these. The brother, so, exactly. And, yeah. and so there were just like things like that. That was that. You know, I don't know if he started like like mentally drifting off like 12 minutes in and started playing a video game. I'm not like I don't know what if he just didn't watch the rest or what.
0: It's but, not you, again, Jeff. It's once you really become a writer and really care about your craft, you start noticing things like that, even in your own work.
1: Always, but you know, again, before it gets, mistakes are going to get through. That happens all the time. But yeah. you would think that stuff's being, you would think that stuff's being checked. But I don't. Again, I don't want to keep hitting on on the same, the yeah. same thing. But. I
0: want to say this, Jeff. Yes, Jeff did a movie that's basically booze and sex and gore. But how many of those films are going to mention Proust? It's going to have Moby Dick in it. And it's going to have the two leads talk about literature.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So oh, he's not I mean, an unread person.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's... You know, that's one of the things, and I can't remember which review it was. Um, It may have been Horror DNA. DNA. I can't remember exactly which one. But someone finally, because one of the things that I really worked hard on, I knew it was going to be silly. I knew it was going to be ridiculous. I knew there was going to be a ton of sex in it. But one of the things that I worked really hard on was the emotional aspect between the boy and the girl. Like he really loves this girl, and so in essence, Tennessee Gothic is a coming of age story. Okay, so and 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 I was really like I was like, man, everyone is like responding positive, you know, with positive words with the humor and the sex and this, all that stuff. But I was kind of bummed that no one was talking about the 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 effectiveness of their bond, and then finally. Someone like publicly said something And it got me really excited Because I worked hard on that Those little moments between the two of them That might seem boring to some people Like those are Those are those moments That give it the backbone You know The heart of the movie
2: Right
0: And I love the little words that you did That if you're really not listening to it You won't get Like when he says Them chickens are being cannibalized, not cannibalized, (laughs) cannibalized.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I wanted
0: to call my local THC dealer and see if he can give me some cannibalized chickens for Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Or the guy um, in the store. You say, boy, let me get some antibodies in you.
1: Yes. And a lot (laughs) of that, I have to give total credit to – the actors. I mean, that was a big part of the audition process was uh you know, getting them to feel comfortable enough with the character that they would just go off and do some ad-libbing. And and all those things you just mentioned were not in the script. Like those I didn't write those lines. Oh, um, really? Yeah, like the all of uh well, I mean like the cannabis-sized thing Victor came up with. You know, we were shooting sixteen millimeters, so I would <clears throat> we had like a three-to-one shooting ratio, and so I would rehearse with the actors well before we started shooting, and then on the day of, we'd run it like twenty times before we even turn the camera on. So by that point, you know, they were they were ad libbing and they were improvising, you know, just using what I had written and going a step further with it. And, oh, wow.
2: Uh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: that, and you know, that's, that's the, uh, it was such a, it was the most collaborative movie that I've made to date, for sure in that regard. And, and the actors were just all strong, like the strong enough to be able to, I remember Jackie saying to me, um, she was like, I'm really sad because all the characters are, like, a lot of fun but me. And I was like, you are a lot of fun. You just, you don't realize that yet, you know. And then, obviously, when you watch the movie now, it all, it all plays. But she, I think, she had to play it the most straight. Like, she had the, the, right. smallest, the, the smallest window of, of wiggle room to go because she, she, there weren't really any jokes written for her. She just had to react, you know, and
0: she gets and Oh, you mean the line "Don't to. call the police" or the orphanage wasn't supposed to make you laugh? <laughs> <laughs>
1: that that I did that I did right, and that yeah, I mean all of that was was a lot of the Reverend. Wynn Riker, who played the Reverend, he did improv a lot. But if I if I had to say, and I can't remember Tony. I may have sent you the original story. Did I?
2: Uh, no, you said you were going to, but you haven't done it yet. And I haven't bugged you about it because I've been so I'll, busy.
1: I'll do it, man. But oh, cool. his, his lines are, I took almost like word for word because they were perfect. You know, I mean, but in the, in the short story, you know, she doesn't speak English at all. Oh, so wow. A lot to, yeah. So all of that had to be created. Um,
0: oh. And uh, one of my listeners for this show is from, uh, well, a couple of them are from Pennsylvania. Yeah. They love that gag.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, the foreign. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is she yeah.
0: foreign? <laughs> well, if you consider Pennsylvania foreign, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so obviously, I mean, you know, we never say the word Transylvania ever, but – you know, the idea is she has she probably said at some point to them, off screen, that's where she's from. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, and that's why there's sort of that thing, you know, at the end where the voice says she wasn't from Pennsylvania. And, you know, Mr. Simmons is kind of like, no,
2: not Pennsylvania. so <laughs> You know, yeah, Steve so had a Steve had an interesting question. Uh, We were talking about it earlier today on private message, and I hope you don't mind me bringing it up, Steve. He was wondering if, if Jeff, if you know whether or not Ray Russell intended this story to be in any way connected to the incubus, even mythologically.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, One of the, uh, I mean, a lot, a lot of his stuff, is connected in some regard, you know, and the I I mean I don't obviously I I didn't have the pleasure of meeting him he's been gone for twenty years,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: I am in pretty close contact with his children, um, who who are the ones that like that I often the story from and they've been super awesome like and. They are constantly like giving me these little tidbits about just how funny he really was, and and um, obviously the the Sardonicus and Sagittarius, I mean, these things were interwoven, but I don't I don't know the the exact details of how connected this story was to uh, Incubus.
0: Well, I but have for I think the it, hint. There's a tie-in novel for the movie that he wrote, (laughs) and it has sort of a little bit of the history about the
1: Incubuses.
2: Hmm. A a tie-in novel for Incubus? Yeah. Or the novel that the movie was based on. Right. Uh, Yeah, I don't know.
0: I thought it was a script that he wrote into a tie-in novel. That's what she he did have I think
2: let's, he may have, and I know. Let's find out. you, you had
1: mentioned to me. Um, we were talking about the the snake cult story. Um, yeah. And they're just. The, he's written so many short stories. Uh, Guillermo del Toro actually. Uh, curated a volume of his short fiction for the Penguin uh, Penguin Horror. Oh wow! And yeah, it's it's an awesome edition. It's called Haunted Castle. I'm gonna have
2: um, to find that. Yeah. It's oh, by excellent. the way, the Incubus was a novel first, and then a movie. Oh yes, okay. yes,
1: yeah. For, no, was that what, was that what your question was?
2: Well, the, he, the, he had the, just mentioned that he read it, uh, read it the tie-in, but I think he, what it was, it was just a republication of the novel with a movie cover.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. oh, right, yeah. A little a, bit
0: more history the, of it, and it was basically <clears throat> that they were, they had like a feeding cycle, and they went out and fed at different parts of the world at different times, blah, blah, blah.
1: Interesting. Right. Like, yeah, the the novel absolutely was. You know, I mean, the movie was came out several years later, but the movie is such a. It's so fun to watch Cassavetes in a role like that, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and you know, um, and it's such a. Uh, yeah, I mean, fuck, that novel is one of the most perverse. Novels that I've ever read Yeah I Oh man, can't now i
2: got to read it <laughs> I can't, I can't you know, remember they the left exact
0: Alpha the monster I mean, they talk about in the movie, Tony About the monster has uh, Like a nine-inch penis
2: A giant cock, yeah it's,
0: Yeah it's, it's,
1: it's,
2: big, it's
1: bigger than that It's like three feet long or something
0: Yeah <laughs> But <laughs> it in the like, novel It's like
1: splitting these girls in half Yeah Yeah and in the novel, it has a vagina too. Oh wow! <laughs> well, I, I won't give away for the for the listeners and for Tony. I'm not going to give it away, but the end is a kicker
2: for sure. Mm, nice. So yeah, well, uncle, it looks um, like that's on my list. You know, he was he was responsible
1: for really shining a light. It's kind of unfortunate because he was such a talented writer. But when he was working for Playboy as the fiction editor, he spent a lot of time shining a light on guys like um, Charles Beaumont and Ray Bradbury and Richard Matheson and guys like that. So he was really helping expose those guys. Um,
2: While his own work was getting a lot less exposure?
1: uh, Yeah, yeah. And he, and he's he's no less talented than any of those guys, you know,
0: yeah.
1: in my, yeah. in my well, opinion. Well, look at
0: some of the stories that – well, look at the biggest story that he picked out for Playboy,
1: The Fly. The, he did do the – he did The Fly, yes. You know, among yeah. that, many others.
2: There's a what really did, cool uh, – Oh, go
1: ahead. You can get. No, I, there's a paperback like science it's it's like horror and supernatural fiction from Playboy. It's like a a, a paperback collection that's you can get for like nothing. That's uh you know, a must have. Oh. Yeah, I no have sense. to
2: look for that.
0: Yeah, really in the 70s and 80s, for all you younger listeners, Playboy. Most of us didn't get it for well. The first time we got it, it was for the nude stories. But then again, we would be flipping through it. Then we'd see like, ooh, a Ray Badbury story. Ooh, this kind of story. And then we would ignore the nudie pictures from then
1: on and read the great fiction <laughs> that was inside of
0: them. <laughs> what, what
1: you're what you're saying is like not a joke, and a lot of people no, still. No, it's and totally I don't, true. I. I have hundreds of back issues and, you know, my wife finally does believe me and understand, but for a long time, I mean, the whole, it was the whole, I read it for the articles or the stories and people are like, yeah, yeah, right. But it's, you know, it's true. Like they, Playboy was publishing the like premium fiction. If you were, Stephen yeah, King worked so hard to get published in Playboy and they always rejected his stuff. You know, mm-hmm. until of course he was Stephen King. But yeah. that right. was the place, that was the place that you if you were if you were a sci-fi or horror writer, um you know, you were trying to get your stuff in there. Shel Silverstein, you know, got his start with I mean, so many writers and
2: yeah, and so, the, even the non-fiction essays in there like my favorite author probably of all time is Harry Cruz, and he wrote oh, some yeah. of, some great essays for Playboy. Yeah, and absolutely. And Gore Vidal, and I mean, yeah. and, you oh, know, yeah. there's so many talented writers that worked for that magazine.
0: Do you know yeah, what so issue of Playboy is the Holy Grail for Stephen King fans and why? It's
1: hit me.
2: What is it?
0: It is the cut prologue from The Shining that tells the history of the Overlook that was supposed to open the book, but Stephen oh. King cut it and then gave it to Playboy.
2: That's right. I that actually free? have that issue. Yeah, I have that, same, that very issue. That's right. I forgot about that entirely. I'm embarrassed to say I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, it actually reveals who wrote the book that's down in the boiler.
2: yeah You've you been rolling down that, that. spoiler. <laughs>
0: it, well, it's not a spoiler. It actually makes <laughs> the way that Grady acts during the second part of the book less confusing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to remember Grady, up. as
0: soon as Jack talks about the book and stuff, he comes down on him hard. Right. That's because that was his retirement book down there in the boiler room. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh I'm gonna I'm gonna have to definitely look that up.
2: Yeah, the uh I just looked it up. The name of the story or that it was published under was called Before the Play. Yeah. Before the Play? Do you have a yeah. uh
1: an, an issue and year or any of that information? Uh,
2: I will find it in just a moment. Um I'm looking for it right now.
1: Tony, you're such a good
2: dude. <laughs> yeah, I just got a lot of people fooled.
0: <laughs> you put See, up you're a Minecraft writing, you are a good dude, sir.
2: Well, thank you. I appreciate it, <laughs> you guys.
1: <laughs> uh, so Steve, did you uh did you ever make it were you at that dementia screening in Knoxville? No,
0: I missed that Sunday. I was not a very happy camper that day, and that's just how I want to leave it.
1: <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I, I just, wanted uh, to, I couldn't. I, I looked around for you. I remember you saying you were going to try to make it, and then I couldn't remember yeah. if uh, you were able to or not.
0: I think I freaked his wife out on Saturday, uh, Tony.
2: What's, how's that?
0: She was talking to uh, Jessica, and she said something about da-da-da, and I was like, are you the producer of uh, Southern Gothic? Yes. Where's the director?
2: You mean Tennessee Gothic?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Tennessee Gothic. I said, where's oh, the director? Uh, <laughs> outside. Take me to him. Now.
2: Now. Now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and you're you, you're wearing a wing shirt, and I was like,
0: "Yeah,
1: I'll talk, I, I'll speak to you." Yeah,
0: well Tony <laughs> knows <laughs> that. Ever since I've been going to conventions and stuff since I started ah. writing, I wear the wing shirt.
2: Yeah. How yeah, I just had to get another one because mine's worn out. <laughs> yep, Steve's one of our best promoters. Oh, Steve and I were both wrong. Uh, it's brought up in a playboy interview, but uh before the play was actually published in August of nineteen eighty two in the mo- in the magazine called Whispers so he talked he talked about it in his playboy interview. But it was actually published in Whispers in August 82. So I was thinking of the Playboy interview because I know I don't own a single issue of Whispers.
1: Still,
0: it's a great
2: It's good good to know the facts. And
0: it actually explains a few things, but I can understand why he cut it.
2: Yeah. Did you guys ever get – I know we're going off on a Stephen King tangent, but this is a fun little gem. Stephen King released – uh a few years back in pdf form only online uh about 160 pages of a book he had started called uh the cannibals and Whoa. it it took place in a high rise very much like the Ballard book and it had it it was about these people in a high rise that went crazy after being trapped in and it's what he eventually completely rewrote. He abandoned it in eighty five and then he completely rewrote it as under the dome.
1: Oh. But really?
2: that's a yeah, well, that's a nice little gem, gem to get a hold of meaning. it's floating huh? out there.
0: I'll
1: have to look that up too.
2: You guys are like
0: yeah. plant. But that <laughs> one's impossible to get. Only way you can read that is if you go to uh there's this uh, bookshop in Maine called Stephen King Archives because what he did with the plant is for about so many years at Christmas, he would send yep. out to his friends a chapter of the book.
2: Yep. Hmm. There's a bookstore here in town that has one of those uh, chap chapbooks of the plant, like one of the actual ones that he sent out to family and friends. Now, when Stephen King... After he had uh his after he got attacked by the big white van. Um right. he basically announced that one, he was gonna try to retire after doing a couple more things. We see how well that worked out for him. He couldn't right. couldn't keep his he couldn't keep his typewriter uh shut off. But um he made this he did this experiment to see if he could publish online on, a, uh, on an honor system. So he put up the chapters of the plant and basically you could download them for free or you could donate what you thought was fair. And he not only put up the existing three chapters of the plant, but he wrote two more just for that online experiment. And those of us who were around and lucky enough to download them actually got those those PDFs of the plant. But he never did finish it because 70% of the people that downloaded it didn't pay a dime.
0: And plus he realized really? he was just rewriting yeah. Charles Beaumont's Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: That's, that's kind of heartbreaking.
2: Yeah, it really is. And, you know, he's he's mentioned a few times that he's intending one day to come around and just finish the plant for fun. But, of course, he also said one day he was going to finish Golden Years as a novel, and that is probably never going to yeah. happen either.
0: Well, the VHS version has an ending that was filmed for the VHS version.
2: Yeah, it's also on the DVD. It's a weird ending, but you can kind of see where he was going to go with it.
0: Yeah.
2: Golden Years. Yeah, yeah.
1: Man, I think but that's,
0: uh, Of the writer who wrote Tennessee Gothic I, My favorite of his is still It will always be X the man X-ray eyes and I'm still praying Before I die They find those last five seconds Of footage that are still missing From the movie that Roger Corman cut because he said It was too bleak
2: Was it really only five seconds?
0: Yeah, it was the line. My God, I can still see.
2: Oh. Yeah. Right.
1: They, they, uh, someone is remaking that.
2: Yeah, I heard that. I know for a long time Tim Burton wanted to, but it never happened, and then it passed into other hands. Yeah. Um, Jeff should make and, it easy
1: good with the guy's work. Well, yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: I would love there there are you know just and like I said I mean he's just he's I would like I I wouldn't mind doing incubus Yeah I think I mean I think it you know it could it could be updated and done you know and I don't I'm not real into Reboots or remakes But it would just be so much fun And I I can already see The uh, Complaints I would get hit with About misogyny
0: Nowadays you could do it Easier (laughs) unrated than probably George Romero did in 79 And 80 with Donna the Dead
1: Oh Well well, no doubt Because nowadays Mm -hmm. you could just go to the festival Circuit Yeah I mean, you can't even, you can't even call someone fat in a movie without people getting upset these days. Yeah. It's, uh, it's um, you know, we need to get, we need to get, uh, get through the, whatever, whatever it is where everyone is so sensitive and offended <clears throat> because, uh, you know, I like to shit. Yeah, me too. Because you're you're Especially, an offensive
0: human being. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I forget who said the quote, but you can make fun. I think it was George Carlin said, you can make fun of anything, no matter what the subject, no matter how offensive it is, as long as it's funny.
1: That's true. I think Dave Chappelle just proved that again with his latest stand-up. Who you know, did? Dave Chappelle. That have you watched his most recent stand-up on Netflix?
2: No, I haven't, but it's high on my list because a lot of people got really offended by it. <laughs> and you know one what?
0: of the people he made fun of uh, killed
1: herself over it. Really? I mean, I don't. I yeah. if that's true, I do not. I didn't hear that, and I do not like hearing that. Um, there's nothing funny at all about that. But what I will say is when something is funny, it's funny. It's not like we should have these taboos. I don't think anything should be off limits. Look, if you're not hurting someone and and if if what you're saying is true, someone was hurt and that's you know, I don't like that. But I think people need to, in general, just not be so uptight about um, what kind of uh, humor we we say is okay, you know, or what kind yeah. of uh, horror we say is okay. It's it's all meant to be an escape, whether that's a uh, an escape that you walk out with a smile on your face, or if you walk out appalled, it should we shouldn't be censored by ideas. Yeah. you know. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, with Chad's film that um, I don't, yeah, I know you guys, you guys just did a, a podcast with Chad and,
2: yeah. you know, when he yeah, was
1: we, putting his film together, I mean, there was a lot of skepticism I think with how are people going to react because we have like, um, a down syndrome girl that is put in these like really awful situations and how mm-hmm. are people going to respond? And it's, it's one of those things where um, you just, it's not about that. It's about these are human beings too. And this is the environment that that story takes place. Yeah. Um
0: Well, he had, yeah, you were there. He had two walkouts on his movie, didn't he, at the Knoxville Horror Fest?
1: Man, yeah, that's you know, it, it, it was weird. And and people, first of all, at that screening, those, those screenings are so intense because you don't have any time to, like, take a squirt between movies. And right. the, so I think some of these people we probably using like they just really had to take a piss or whatever, but without a doubt, and I have told Chad like half jokingly, half se- being serious, like I look forward to like seeing people walk out, and he would kind of be like, "No," but I was like, "Yeah, that's that's a good, re-, you know, yeah. I mean, that means people are being affected in one way, and, yeah. and, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a hard and there's been, some hard told us about
0: People walking out, and he was kind of sad about it. We treat it like the scene in Goodfellas when Henry first gets arrested.
2: (laughs) You broke your cherry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you broke your cherry. All right, congratulations. (laughs) He was the first one to ever have anyone walk out of the Knoxville Horror Fest of anything, and they have shown Cuso there. No one walked out.
1: you know, and and that's the thing. You can't. And I, I, I've said this to Chad many, many times over the last, you know, two years or whatever, um, since every all of that was being put together. You you can go see a movie where um, just about anything happens. Everyone's seen *Cannibal Holocaust*. Everyone's seen some of these movies that have. Uh, you know something like Irreversible where it's got like an 11 minute Rape scene it's like one shot Some really yep. hard stuff to Watch um, But even if It's even though it's really hard To watch The viewers still know somewhere In their mind this is not real When you watch Dementor In in your mind You know That Chad's sister on-screen has Down syndrome.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so it's, you know, Chad has done this, like, really extraordinary thing by by putting the viewer in a, in a predicament where they don't know. They know they're watching a narrative film, but there's a documentary-esque quality about it that makes you super, super uncomfortable. Like... Chittica Follies or something like that. You know, where yeah, you're like, well, you're, oh, yeah. you're being
2: super modest right now, but part of the reason for that sense of place was the cinematography, which you yeah. deserve major props for, dude. No. Um I and I really for don't. all the people
0: <laughs> who are like Ew, sixteen millimeter, I don't want to see it. His film does not look sixteen millimeter. It looks like a real 35 millimeter would look in color quality and sharpness back in the 70s and early 80s before they started using cheaper film stock.
2: Oh, you're Dementor? talking about Tennessee Gothic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Oh, well, thanks. We <laughs> Yeah, um, Dementor was like, there was no other way to shoot that movie than handheld DSLR right. um, just because of the way we had to shoot it with the, the different clients and, and the, the way it was handled. But honestly, and I'm, and I have to say this um, more than anything on that one, I was just like a cheerleader for Chad. Like these, you know, we talked a lot about like how to cover stuff, but he knew, you know, the kind of movie that he wanted to make, and and my job was really just to support him in that endeavor. Not, I didn't. Those
2: are in place. I know, but when
1: we skip these five, we're still. So, going, but guess. anyway, it, it, I'm really I'm really proud of, of Chad's film.
0: You ought to be proud of your work too, because I didn't notice oh. any sound problems in it.
1: Good, you know, you know, if I you watch a lot it, of
0: Budget 70s films where you just hear Mm -hmm. the The echo
2: in the room. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't have.
1: I worked, I mean, if you're watching it at home, you probably won't notice a whole lot of problems. Um, In the theater, it gets a little bit hard to hear some of Jackie's lines, yeah. But you know, I mean, overall, I am. I couldn't be more pleased with the way that film turned out. With,
2: with the mentor?
1: I'm, 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 with that, too, but we're, we're talking ten, about Tennessee Gothic. Tennessee oh, I, yeah. I,
2: I'm sorry, I got mixed up.
1: <laughs> no, nope, fine. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I love I'm, the
0: posters I'm, for both of them. Tennessee Gothic is a no bullshit poster. If you don't know who the villain is going into Tennessee <laughs> Gothic, you're either stupid or blind.
2: Not paying attention.
1: <laughs> yeah, that well, was a uh,
2: that was a bit sort of like a
1: um, it was it was weird because there. Okay, so there's an artist named Tom Neely who did he he did that poster, and he had done um, I saw this really awesome Guar poster that he did, and uh, he had done uh, the art for Adam Reimer's movie Bunny Game, um, oh, and I really okay. like. Yeah, and I really liked that, and I just I reached out to him, and he was like totally just awesome. And I sent him the movie, and he he was really dug it, and um, he he sent me a pencil, uh, just a rough sketch, like right away. I mean, I'm talking about like two, like right after he watched it, and um, and that was it. What you see now, and and it's rough form. And I was at first I was like, fuck, that's like. Um, everything, you know, about the movie. And then, uh, you know, I showed it to a few people, and uh, and it was kind of like, look, I mean, you don't know whose head that is. And I think pre- pretty early on people are going to figure out she's up to no good. And I was like, let's just, I'm going to, I'm just going to go for it. I, I know just it's going to look it. awesome. Yeah, and if it looks awesome, people will watch it.
2: And that you know what you know what it it reminds me of is is the e c comic stuff yeah, um, absolutely. where you where you, you know the the point was you know you're playing up the exploitative elements and the more supernatural elements for your poster art and you're just owning it from the beginning and yeah. whether or not you guess the end of the movie is not the is not the brass ring you're going for with this. You're, you're going for the ride.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's one of the things.
0: Okay. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. I was going to say that's, that's what you said, Tony was spot on. I mean, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't get, I didn't want to be real precious about like, Am I giving too much away, or any of that bullshit? I knew that even if the even if the viewer saw the poster and was like, "Well, I know exactly what's going to happen," there's no way they know the <laughs> journey we're taking you to get to that point. So right, you know, and the I love the opening
0: of the scene because it was like saying, "Yeah, man, things are going to get fucked up and bloody. So enjoy the comedy yeah. and don't worry, it's coming later."
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's always, it's really, I mean, it's different now because we've been marketing, you know, marketing the film like horror, sex, comedy, so people in the trailers obviously got that in there, but the way, I remember the first time I, I sent it to uh, a rough cut to Chad, uh, he called me and he was like, yeah, the he like was really, you know, responded in a, in a very positive way but I remember him saying I just I don't know when people are going to realize it's okay to laugh after the way you're opening the film <laughs> but, <laughs> well I hope and it's, so it's interesting to watch in an audience um, because it opens strong and then slowly you know by sort of like the end of the first act you've got them feeling pretty comfortable and then it, and then it's it sort of goes into its, you know, southern fried bullshit, and I think <laughs> people feel a lot, a lot more
2: comfortable at that point. Right, but you know that's interesting because it, in a, in a weird kind of way, this may be a bit es- esoteric, but that kind of ties into Dementor. And something came up the when we were talking with Chad, and I think Dementor is one of those movies that. It's not even really fair to assess the film until you've seen it twice. Um, it's a movie that that really kind of challenges the audience to first take the ride and then watch it again, knowing what you learned the first time around. And right. there, there are moments in uh, Dementor, even with, especially with Stephanie, that are actually kind of charmingly funny. But he said people had a rough time recognizing that because you're dealing with somebody with Down syndrome and people are already so uncomfortable and on edge by the very nature of what the subject matter is. But there's some like pretty charming, funny moments in that, and he said that pretty much no one acknowledged them in the screening. Without a
1: doubt. Without a doubt. And and what you just said is why. And it's it's unfortunate because... These not, I mean, we worked with Stephanie the most obviously, but but not just Stephanie, but all of the the clients at the facility we shot at were these are, you know, I said it before, but these are human beings, and they, even though their 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 mental uh, ability is not uh, on the on the quote, quote unquote normal spectrum, they still have a sense of humor. Um, right, and it's okay to. There's a, there's one scene where the the character Charles, um, you know he Teddy comes in and she's like, "Where have you seen Stephanie?" And he's like, "I don't know." You know, <laughs> yep. and it's like that moment is a funny, and it's okay to laugh at that moment. Absolutely. People, you know, again, people are so, and and it's and you can't blame the audience, I don't guess, because. They don't. They just don't know it's okay to laugh. And quite frankly, if before I had been in the the environment for a month of my life, or however three weeks, whatever it was, we shot, and you work with these people every day and you get to know them, you 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 develop an understanding that it's okay to laugh. You know, I spent a lot of time with Chad's mom and learning hearing stories about Stephanie from when she was a child and how she's just you know, she's a smart ass and she's all these things, it's, it's funny, you know? Like, yeah. These are things that are okay to laugh about, you know? And I think Chad um, is 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 in that, um, that place right now where he's probably a little bit frustrated because he made something that's it's difficult for an audience to deal with, but that's what makes it so special.
2: I know? completely yeah. agree. I, mean, I, think he, I think he should be so proud of Dementor because it works as, on a surface level, just because it doesn't have a silver platter ending, it works as a very unnerving horror film, and it works as a personal character piece of someone struggling with uh, recovering memories and it also works as almost like you said earlier, like a documentary on the, the life of people who are different from us. Without and a doubt. I, I think it's just, I think it's a beautiful film. And, you know, it's it's sad to hear that he's he's having that frustration, but I hope maybe with some more screenings in 2020 that, It'll find the audience that it needs because it's it's a movie that deserves to be seen. And there's nothing and else like it out there. Yeah. No, and it's
0: takes Can you guys think of any advertising department that would, let's say he walked in there, I got this great poster for my movie. It doesn't have the title, but it'll make you stop and look at it. How many advertising departments for movies nowadays would let you just get away with something as stark as the cult symbol on the poster?
2: Oh, yeah, it really catches you.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, unless, of course, it's like the Batman logo where everybody fucking knows what that is. Right. Um, so no, yeah, is. That's still,
0: That still doesn't count because, like I said, you know, it's like, what the fuck is that? And even if you yeah. pass it the twentieth time, and you've seen Dementor, you're still like, well, "What the fuck is that?"
1: Yeah, Chad is, he's an he's an evil human being. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. He he uh, he doesn't tiptoe around the dark the dark side. He goes, you know, he goes right in. And yeah. uh and. You know, I think that's uh, one of the uh, the reasons we we are good friends. You know, I mean, we have a lot we have a lot of the same interests. The the whole uh, Southern War thing is obviously a, a a large draw for both of us, and it's an exciting time to be to be um, making movies. I mean, there's so much stuff out there but we we're in a position where we can we can make movies easier than we ever could and that's a, a good thing and a bad thing um, yeah. you know the hard part is getting is getting your work to stand out amongst a sea of of um just thumbnails you know except mm-hmm. all movies are now just thumbnails yeah,
2: yeah.
0: And before I wrap this up, I want to have a quote that fits him that comes from Sam Fuller. He says, yes, the hero of my movie is a son of a bitch, but he's our son of a bitch, and that's (laughs) what matters.
2: Nice. Yep, and you know, it's bringing it back around to, to, to your film. Uh, Jeff, I think that's part of the part of the thing that allows the audience, after such an intense ending, that allows the audience to feel okay, laughing, and and falling into step with the rhythm of the movie, because you know you got you got uh, a father and son team who are basically decent human beings, but they've also got that selfish prick side that we can all identify with.
0: Sure. And, it, and the ending isn't silver-plattered either. I mean, it has one, one of my favorite ending lines of, next year, of this year. Hell, if I had it all to do again, would I change a damn thing? Probably <laughs> yeah. not. But I'm just a yeah. boy. What do I know?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I knew. I knew. Uh, you know, I knew the movie was starting strong with the way it opens, and I knew that. You know, it was gonna. Cl- I knew it was gonna close pretty strong with the way it 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 ends. And I, when it, when when that started coming together editorially, and I and I saw that it was working the way it was supposed to, I was I was really pleased with the way that all worked and the coaching commando song that I got for the end that comes oh, in that and then, great. yeah. And then just, you know, and then just landing on that trunk with a little bit of hair hanging out. It was just, <laughs> I mean, those and, are the uh, things. We've
0: talked about yeah. how with the mentor, he's uh, taking it to festivals. And uh, I mean, after this show, you probably want to watch Tennessee Gothic right now. Wouldn't you say, Tony,
2: I would fucking recommend I it to anyone who likes that fun. I wish there was
0: a way for if I'm a streamer to get it, or if I believe still believe in physical media to get it. Can you make <laughs> our wishes come true tonight? It
1: it is available to stream, rent, or buy on Vimeo on Demand, and you. Absolutely, can buy the Blu ray, and we have DVDs now too. We weren't going to do any DVDs, but we're really surprised like how many people have asked for DVDs in the last um, I don't know, oh, nice. like a couple of weeks. So, our website, gypsyrootproductions.com, you can find physical media of pretty much everything I've done, and then, uh, of course, Vimeo, um, Tennessee Gothic. On demand, and it's uh, $3.99 to rent it, $8.99 to buy. The Blu-ray is $25 shipped. So, and for I don't know if anyone that uh, Tony, I know you did graciously contributed to our Indiegogo campaign. I just got back all of the Blu-ray wraps today. Um, So, like Eric Danzi and Jackie Kelly and um, Jason Chris. Then Jim Oosley, so that whole that whole side of um the camp signed all of the Blu rays and Katie and I signed them this morning with Harry and uh we just have to have Ryan Watson who played Caleb sign and then and then those are all going to start going out to the Indiegogo contributors.
2: Um Oh man, I'm so fucking excited to hear that. Yeah. So, and I wanna like it.
0: if you this Christmas, have someone on your shopping list who still collects physical media, and they love something weird, video films. They love the old country corn poem films from the 70s. They love Russ Meyer films. They love Bethel Buckaloo films and things like that. They will love some, uh, Tennessee Gothic because Are you, who, it is a perfect One
1: of those. Somebody made the Bethel-Buckaloo correlation. Um,
0: Was it some idiot at the Knoxville Horror Fest?
1: No, it was was someone... I think someone, like, did a review and mentioned it. Oh, okay. Oh, Um, nice. Oh, you know, it was the... uh, It was the guy... It was the guy who... um, that uh, here locally in Nashville, he, he writes for the Nashville scene and he, he runs the. the uh, he programmed a mentor at, at the Nashville Film Festival. We, we did our screening at the Belcour outside of the festival, but um, Jason is his name and he, he made the, the, the correlation. And, and then, of course, Steve, when I met you, you kept, you kept hitting me with the. You know what you've made? You've made corn porn.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah and I love it
2: <laughs> Corn porn
1: Yeah
0: yeah, That's what they call it that When uh, the drive-ins of the 70s Couldn't show hardcore adult films So they would get All of this hazy type Sex films Like Bethel Buckaloo And all of those would Chip out to the drive-ins And they would eat them up like candy
2: Oh, totally. Yeah, like, I mean... Uh,
0: midnight Plowboy, The Pigkeeper's Keeper's
2: Daughter. Oh, The Pig Keeper's Daughter. I have that on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> <You> really? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, those
1: are the movies like, you know, like Country Cousins. Yep. That, yeah. That when you're, uh, you come across something like that as a, uh, a 12-year-old boy, it's like, you know, boner time.
2: Oh, yeah. And these these know. are the kinds of movies that helped people our age through puberty. <laughs> Without a doubt.
1: <laughs> and Moonshine
0: Mountain by Herschel Gordon-Lewis is one of his least seen films.
2: Yeah, Which it is. Exactly. Moonshine Mountain?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what.
0: Thank you for being on them. People you do need to see it if you if you what it, hell, if you listen to the show, you're in tune with this kind of trash. Watch it, <laughs> it's great. And if you get a chance to get see Dementor mentor close to you, watch that too. Yes. Or go see Jugface on uh Tubi. It's great. Yeah, it is
1: Jugface is on Tubi right now. If yeah, you see so, any of these two uh,
0: guys films just watch them because they're good
1: thank you so much buy buy uh yeah buy tennessee gothic rent it if you if you are, are not feeling as risky and uh write a review about it on imdb i know honestly if you come strong i don't care if it's a bad review but you know come come with something good give me something to think about be constructive
0: and yeah, don't I mean, yeah. one letter in your review.
1: <laughs> you one know what letter. that
0: letter is? What? Why?
2: Why?
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay,
2: <laughs> I, I missed the joke. You can I, say I'm lost. The this joke movie
0: sucks, but oh. you need to say why it sucks. Why? Um, yeah, exactly. Why you, yeah, exactly. right. you like it?
1: Yeah, man, it's like, you know, tell me what I did wrong. Don't, don't, uh, don't.
0: Oh, complaints. You should have more it. with that old woman with the, with the witch, old witch woman. She was cool. I mean. Yeah, she was, yeah, all she was that great. That one badass scene of shooting the arrow at the end of the movie.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that she, was, uh, that was terrific.
1: Christine <laughs> Poitier, she's awesome. She like took uh, archery lessons. To get to get uh, ready for all that, so, but you guys, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the support, and um that's no joke. It's Tony, you has uh, been a long time supporter. I guess I met you at Polygrind,
2: like yeah, I think it was 2013, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, it was 2013. So, and um and I you not excited.
0: macing me at the Knoxville Horror Fest.
1: Tony, has it?
0: No, not macing me at the Knoxville Horror Fest.
2: Oh, um, not macing like,
0: Oh, God, that weirdo. Here. Said... Get the mace
1: out.
2: <laughs> Stalker alert. I mean,
1: I was like, check, check him for any sort of <laughs> weapons. No, I mean, you yeah. look uh, <laughs> <looked> almost <armless> enough.
2: <laughs> yeah, I just, before we sign off, I just want to, seriously urge anyone listening that if you have any penchant for Southern Gothic, crazy horror, just something different, you, you gotta see Tennessee Gothic. It's really easy to see. And it's one of those films that the filmmaker is putting, putting his all behind and not giving it up to big distributors. This is a total grassroots word of mouth campaign. And as I have recently become Fond of calling it It's the Rip, rip Snorton and Hootenanny Feel Bad Horror Sex Comedy of the Year That's, and that's, I, if that's you going on something
0: uh, My name is Dolomite <laughs> This is a modern version Of the trunk tape Or the trunk album
1: Yeah Yeah I, Steve I, I love how you just fly out of
2: left field And blindside me with these things <laughs> I love it Yep so yeah, buy it, watch it, rent it, and then tell your friends about it because you know it's it's not only fun for the whole family; it's fun for perverts too. Exactly. And not, you I mean, would it's know. Like, uh, it's oh like, yeah, I'm an expert like, on such things.
1: It's like Golden Corral. Well, awesome. If you if you can't find something in this movie you don't like, then there's something wrong with you.
2: <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> There's something right. on the menu for everyone. Yes, yeah. Exactly.
0: And if you don't like this film, you need to get some of them anti-bodies into
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't like the
2: film, fuck off.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> right. right about it.
2: And so's your old man. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Thank, your you
1: so
0: <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. And good night, and thank you, everyone, for being on.
2: Good night, good night, everybody. Guys. Thanks see again. Take care. Bye. Bye.
1: Sorry,
0: I'm trying to find this here. I wanted to say that good night.